Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, not on broadcast. Into the rewatch, into the rewatch, it's a podcast now. It's a show that's worth another go. Stop us if we start to ramble. Listen as we watch, into the rewatch, join us, Art and Daniel. We love to see our hot dad down on his luck. Hello. Welcome back to Into Riverdale, your favorite Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, and here to call Hiram a little bitch to his face, Daniel, and joining me is that other third art. Hi, I'm, I'm glad to see you're still a little bitch. Incredible. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was his only scene in this episode, I think. Okay, um, like, did it, did this feel like a backdoor pilot to you? It did. It very much did. I actually tried to Google <laughs> to see if there was... A proposed no, pilot, I looked, but I looked, and around the time this would have came out, there was like, mm-hmm. "Hey, is it going to be a Josie the Pussycat show?" Like articles, right? Nothing, nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the nature of a backdoor pilot is that they aren't sold on the idea, so they sort of test it out, hee hee ha ha, without actually formally announcing it, and just see how it does. Like they had a logo at the end of this episode. Yeah. Very weird, but uh, this was fun. I wouldn't watch a TV show of all of this, I don't think, but this was fun for an episode. Okay, I will say, I both... Okay, first first off, this is a musical episode, and I think one of the musical Mm -hmm. episodes where we have to skip a lot, because it's just straight-up music. Yeah, um, instead of their traditional uh, musical episode format, where they base it around a musical, and then shape even further the plot beats of the episode to match the lyrics of the song... Here we've just picked some like 2014 era pop songs that weren't too expensive to get the rights to and just had to burst into song a few times. Yeah, no, it it very much is um it's very much like they're just like, "Hey, this is obviously the backdoor pilot you you pigs want. Yeah. You little hogs." Yeah. Uh and <laughs> um like it was there to just say, "Hey, remember her? She could sing really well." Remember them? Yeah, very, very, very to the point, to your point of it being a backdoor pilot. This was very, um, they made it very clear this is not the, quote, musical episode of the season, but that there, that this maybe is what uh, Josie and the Pussycats uh, TV show might look like. And they'll, they'll have cool pop songs like Glee for you. Wouldn't you like that? Yeah, but maybe I will say I I, I did skip through all the musical parts because like the first couple I'm just like there's no mm-hmm. story happening right here so I no, can skip it. Um, but uh, Josie has also, big main character energy in this one, uh, which, which is very funny considering the arc of her character in this episode. Yeah. Um, also, she has. So, oh my god, she is fucking savage multiple times. We both mentioned it. She calls yeah. Hiram a little bitch to his face very two good. times. <laughs> Sorry, can I also just say that the song choices for Josie felt maybe a little mean to her actress? Because they had her do a cover of a Celine Dion song, and then they ended with her doing a cover of a Nina Simone song. Those are both uh, very challenging singers to be compared to. Uh, real powerhouse vocals that, uh, at least for the Celine Dion song, I don't think she hit. The Nina Simone one was better, but uh, we can get into all of that, I think, um, as we begin this episode. Yeah. This is uh, Riverdale Season 5, Episode 15, Chapter 91, The Pussycats. Um, I think maybe the funniest thing they, they do in this episode is instead of having a Jughead narrate, they've got a new... Literally on the uh, back of her laptop, girl boss, uh, narrating, and it's Melody. Uh, you remember the third pussycat? The one that I think only had like five lights before this episode. If that, I don't know that she spoke before this episode. Like I remember it being. I remember her speaking once, at least because we're mm. just like she has a voice. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now she's the narrator of this episode, which I thought was such a funny, <laughs> uh, funny choice considering, yeah. Um, but she's doing her ju- the Jughead thing. Literally, she is writing an essay or a story or something and narrating as she writes, and it's about um, their backstory as the Pussycats, um, and then where they've been since. 
which is that Valerie and Melody uh, have remained uh, friends or reconnected over the years and became roommates. Uh, and now Melody is yet another YA author big hit and her movies even being optioned by Tyler Perry. <laughs> Which I feel like they literally could have gotten almost any other person. Because I I know Tyler Perry would not be okay, like, at least his audience would not be okay with a lesbian. Like, being anywhere close well, to the movie. Hmm. I'm, I mean, there's no guarantee that she'd be involved in the actual production. They would just optioned it, and they were in talks still. Um, though also, funnily enough... Um, one of the plot threads in this episode is that Melody wants Valerie to be the main star and Tyler Perry wants an actual established actor. Which, um, But it's very funny because otherwise Valerie would fit Tyler Perry's aesthetic for leading women to a team. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I'll say that I'm 99% sure that it's Tyler Perry because a uh, writer's room full of white people said, she's a black author, she needs a black director, who do we got? And it was Tyler Perry or uh, Spike Lee, and Spike Lee don't make... Um, YA movies. Um, but it's the, her first debut novel, Summer Storm. And they're celebrating. Um, they're literally in their living room celebrating. Uh, also, it uh, yes, Melody is a lesbian. She's dating someone. And then also Valerie is dating another guy. And they all live together in this house somewhere in America. They don't actually say where this is. Oh, also, Melody dropped out of law school to uh, pursue writing this book. <laughs> Which okay, here's the thing. It's fine. Here's the thing. Yeah. Sorry, Harvard Law School. To okay, write this here, book. here's the thing. You could still write while yeah. being a student. You could just be a more poor yeah. student. I feel like if she graduated from Harvard, even with like a C, that's still graduating mm. from Harvard. Yeah. Like, that would be a bump. Um, yeah. You know? A bump. I don't know. I, I am sure her parents were not thrilled with her decision because, yeah, it is Harvard Law. Um, I don't know. I, her whole thing is like, I wasn't finding my voice in law school and it wasn't who my authentic self is or whatever. And so I had to choose to pursue my authentic self and write this book, which, you know, fair enough, I guess. Um, if you like realized in law school you weren't planning on becoming a lawyer because this was soul-crushing for you. Fair enough. It is still Harvard Law School. I don't know. It's a tough call. Yeah, I guess so. Because you're right. At least graduating Harvard Law like, School... You, you can get a you know, D and just still graduate. It's your, yeah. That's yeah just, just because you feel that writing a novel is your calling does not necessarily mean you can make a living writing novels. You know? Um... I don't know. I, I just feel like you Though just... Also, I just feel like you, you keep the Harvard... Like graduate from a Harvard right. part, you can at least you, you can at least put it on hold until you graduate from Harvard, right? Like, like or you can do it while you're you in can Harvard. At least do that. No, even better, you mm -hmm. write it while you're in Harvard. It becomes a big deal, and then you quit Harvard sure. because that's you're such right. a good writer. Well, I just like I'm just uh, saying again, I'm not <laughs> one of those people who are just like oh Ivy League school, but I'm just saying graduated yeah. from Harvard. It, it does. It opens opportunities. It opens doors, yeah, for sure. I, it, it is a mark of pedigree in this yeah, country. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. You could have Ds and still yeah. graduate. That's, you know... Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think she should have graduated and at least had that in her back pocket. Though, then again, a lot of these uh, creative types, when you ask them how you're supposed to accomplish what they accomplish, they say... You can't have a backup plan because what they do is really fucking hard. And if you have a backup plan, you're going to be like, well, uh, third week in a row where I am living paycheck to paycheck and actually drowning a little bit in debt. Why don't I use my backup plan and make a living for myself? Yeah. That's my understanding. Yeah, I, just, I, that's, I would still graduate. Like, I, like, Not to sound like my D's. parents. But, get a D. That's basically yeah. just showing up and getting like all but like five questions wrong on your exams. Yeah. I don't know. She's also, she was in Harvard Law, which is what Harvard's known for. So it's their most competitive uh, department. I'm sure there are some higher uh, academic requirements within the major that maybe the school itself doesn't adhere to. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of dumbasses that uh, graduate from Harvard. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's because their dad's uh, former president, George Bush. I'm kidding. George W. Bush went to Yale. I know this. 
Um, well, but you I'm take talking, Well, no, I'm talking about Ben Shapiro. He he has a law degree from oh. from Harvard. Okay. Like he uh, he admitted himself that like he just wrote what rich. he thought the uh, uh, professors would like, and he graduated with a law degree from. Aren't the Shapiro's like loaded though? I don't remember. I don't remember. They might be super rich. I just there's a lot of dumbasses. That's the thing. There's a lot of dumbasses. I just I just feel like she should have at least stuck it out long enough to like graduate, even if she didn't. I I agree with you. I'm just saying that not necessarily she can do that with D's. Um, I mean, I tried to be in the art program at Ball State, not a prestigious college, Um, and even that department was like uh, C is the cutoff. Or we won't accredit okay, that course to you. Okay, you do see. So you do the, the bare minimum. Take it. Yeah, do the, sure. do the bare minimum. But, All I'm saying is you do the bare yeah. minimum and have the prestige of going to Harvard. But, okay. I agree. That's Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I just feel like that was a dumb decision on her part. But, but whatever. It is Harvard law, you know? Yeah. Now that you've gotten in, you should probably write it through. You're right. But she's got a book deal that may become a movie deal. So, I guess... They do name drop the two leads they're considering uh, are Kiki Palmer and Amanda Steinberg. Uh, I don't think Steinberg has that heat anymore. She They, they had a moment uh, coming off Hunger Games where people really liked them, but I feel like since then, their career hasn't really gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they... I mean, I mean, they could still, like, you know, still... Maybe they could have. You had know a what? Bit. It is 2027 in the show. Who knows? Maybe by then they did a hit movie and became super uh, fucking popular again. Maybe there were Black Hermione in the Harry Potter reboot. I don't. I don't fucking well, also, know. Also, also, uh, you know, there's the whole thing of like people who are minor celebrities, uh, like 15 years ago, getting like a you know medium role that like catapults them into the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they say t- specifically Tyler Perry wants someone splashy, so someone like with, you know, with that buzz already. No, no Kiki Palmer. Um, Kiki Palmer can. Uh, Kiki Palmer for sure. No, Ki- yeah, Kiki Palmer. No, no, she could. She she's uh, gonna yeah. have that staying power. I I can already tell. Oh oh yeah no for sure she's like a quadruple threat. Um, very very talented, very very media trained. Been in the industry for a very very long time. She's gonna be in the industry for the rest of her life. Um. And she should honestly be more widely recognized than she is, but uh, she did land Nope, and I think that's really going to open some doors. Also, uh, Valerie keeps on using her boyfriend's full name, which is like, what, Alan Mayberry or something? And I can't tell if that's because that's some sort of reference, or if it's because they're like, we're doing a pilot, guys, we really want you to make sure you know this new character's name, because he's going to be here for a while. Oh, also, her boyfriend wants to get married, but Valerie's not sure. But he's a cool boyfriend that's like, you know what? If you don't want to, totally chill. I'll be happy just dating you. So there's really no, like, stakes here. Alan Mayberry, yeah. Again, I guess they're seeding for, like, potential plot threads uh, when the show gets picked up for real. Yeah, I kind of doubt it now that, the, now that we have that merger yeah. oh, thing no. happening. Now that Riverdale's done, yeah. No, it's not happening. They would have announced it by now if it were happening. This episode, I guess, did not generate enough buzz. Do you think Marlene's gonna have uh, much of a much uh, of career at uh, much of a career after all the Arrowverse stuff is gone? I think so. Marlene's um, been a showrunner for a long time, and he just came off a series of like super, if not critically acclaimed, very popular shows. Uh, I don't think he'll be pressed to find a studio willing to host his next project. Hmm. She's, he's just been so tied to the CW for, like, what, over a decade now? Yeah, I mean, the CW has given him a lot of leeway, I think, in his creative projects. But, like, that's like saying, you know, oh, Spielberg just did Jurassic Park 3. I wonder if he's still going to have, you know, movies after this. Well, like, okay, well, here, here's yeah, my he thinking. <laughs> here's my thinking. Yeah. With Berlanti, anyway. Uh-huh. It feels like... It feels it feels like what people say about like his shows is, man, they're so bad but entertaining to watch. Sure. Um, and like I think outside of the people who watch Riverdale, like I don't think a lot of people like Riverdale unless you're watching it. Like everyone else just says, "Oh, isn't that a bad show?" Like I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he has like a Ryan Murphy type thing going for him. 
I think he does. Um, and I also, I mean, Riverdale got seven seasons. The amount of people who were watching it and saying this is bad, but it rules was significant. Yeah. But- so it's not like this was like a, a little indie show that, you know, has a cult following. Like a lot of people watched Riverdale. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll have, maybe he'll have another Riverdale type show and it'll be great. And we'll we'll love him. I mean, I assume so. This seems to be the kind of thing he likes to do. So, well, I don't know. Will they will it appeal to fifty eight year olds? <laughs> <laughs> you might have to. Yeah, you might have to move uh, networks. But I'm sure someone will open their doors. Uh, maybe NBC. Um, I just wanted to point out quickly here before we move on. I I swear to God that there's more neon outside of Pops every time they show a new exterior shot of Pops. Well, the neon has gotten to I be a lot. I will say, if it wasn't Pop Chocolate Shop, it looks kind of like uh-huh. a shot out of True Blood. Hmm. Like, like, that's where all the vampires go, like, you know, oh, to sure. get, yeah, like, yeah, some yeah. real human blood on the down low. Yeah. Alright, and then, um... Then things get weird in this episode. So Tabitha's cleaning up, you know, it's late at night, whatever, and she hears over the radio that uh, pop superstar Josie McCoy vanished mysteriously off of her German or her worldwide tour during her show in Germany, and no one knows where she is. Uh, in Berlin, actually. Um, and then, of course, she walks in through the door asking for, you know, a fucking burger. But. I, I just want to revisit the fact that she bailed midway through a world tour here um, later on in the episode. Because it's very confusing. <laughs> I do think it's cute that Tabitha's like a super Josie fan. Yeah, it is cute. It's like, imagine if Beyonce walked into your diner. <laughs> do you think... Oh, no, no. Beyonce definitely still has star power at this point. In 2027. I know, I was thinking for a moment, it's like, what if? No, I was thinking of an alternate universe where Beyonce isn't Beyonce, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Did you think she was going to drink out of the fucking milkshake? I I don't know what she was doing when she caressed that glass. So we have have one of the musicals, uh, musical parts. Uh, She goes and touches a milkshake glass, and I thought she was going to just fucking chug it <laughs> like yeah um but she's singing all come uh, all coming back to me by celine dion again a difficult song to cover i don't think her vocals quite hit on the big notes uh, the way i would have liked but she's like reminiscing about her time in riverdale so they're showing clips of this and um really brings into light how much of josie's character was about dating other people yeah her whole thing because uh, all the flashbacks aside for her like, we got one flashback of her dad one flashback of her singing on the roof with Cheryl and Veronica. Every other flashback is the various guys she's either flirted with or dated. Also, we then, um, to show you that this isn't a regular musical episode, uh, she was, she starts off, you know, she looks at the, she touches the used dirty glass and pops and begins to sing about her feelings. Now we've cut and she's in a fancy dress inside the school, still singing, but in, you know, beyond the heightened reality of a musical, it's, uh, something new now to show you that this is a new show. <laughs> I don't know. I was jarred when this happened. I was like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Um, yep, and there's her flashback with Archie. <laughs> she already did one with Chuck. That's also, that's how um, limited the film catalog. There's Sweet Pea. The film catalog for her was uh, they had to include Chuck because there's like not a lot else she's done this in the show, I well, guess. Remember Chuck, the person who was a piece of shit? Yeah, but then he got better. Um, but then they still didn't like him, I think. I don't remember. And then he left again. Who cares? Uh, and then she's in the music room and her two friends, Melody and Valerie, come through their doors singing also. Uh, and then we drop back into, like, quote-unquote reality here, I think, in a sec. They, we've like skipped time ahead using this song, uh, which is fun because I, I think a lot of the musical episodes is like you start in a place, you sing the song, and you end up in the same physical location, and time hasn't actually passed. Um, whereas here, time is passing. It's like a montage plus a musical. I don't know. 
Okay, no, sorry. Here's the Hiram scene. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, we end up in her hotel room where she was playing the keyboards, and then she hears a knock on the door, and then, Art, you can describe this. Okay, so we have Hiram, which, by the way, they don't do the normal framing they do for Hiram. Right. And they literally oh, make they him look like a child. they very intentionally found a tall man. Like, they yeah. Must, they very intentionally found a tall man for the, like, the front desk guy. Because Hiram isn't, like, short. Like, he's Hispanic, so he's not, like, you know, seven-foot yeah. tall. Yeah, but he, like, yeah, he's like five six, like, five seven. Yeah, probably, like he's, right? he's like at the average height of like a Hispanic man. So like yeah. he's not that short. Yeah. But like they got like a six no. foot tall man who was just like, hey, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like a no, there's like a no live music in our rooms after nine p.m. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Oh my god. God, Hiram's doing his little stinker thing yeah, again, yeah. and it's very. <laughs> no, first good. off, he really looks like, like a little, little stinker, stinker right now. He's in his. He's, right, I mean, he looks like he tattled. Yeah, he looks like the little brother who went and tattled to daddy. <laughs> yeah, he has. He has. A, he has like a matching pajama set on, and he's just. Yeah, but like, and like as as the front desk guy is talking, he's like nodding his head about it. Yeah, it's like so she says, "Damn, Mister Lodge." Nice to know you're still a little but, bitch, and she he's just like, yep. "Excuse me." You think you could speak yeah. to me that way? <laughs> For starters, you're here in your jammies, whining about that my music is too loud. That screams little, uh, once a little bitch, always a little bitch. <laughs> Incredible. Oh my god. She, she just shuts the door on him. It's, oh, like, I was upset. It's very I good. was upset that this was a musical episode. At first. And then that happened. And there's a couple other ones uh, later this episode, too. Yeah. The, the, once again, something that should have been, like, the highlight of the episode really becomes sort of a minor note because they do a bunch of other really weird shit in this episode. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to introduce a completely pointless uh, B-plot here where uh, Veronica learns that Tapatha's dream is to franchise Pops. Uh, and Veronica also has a, a house of cards she's built on this investment thing where if anyone pulls out, she's fucked. And then later, someone's going to try to pull out, but maybe she can, Veronica can redirect her to Tabitha, and that somehow saves her situation? I'm not super clear on the details, because I was not interested in this part. I, I, I don't, like... If, okay, first off, I'm not super in the musical part. But, like, they tried to mm. jam in a Veronica storyline in here, too. Uh, yeah. And I don't understand why, because it's the most boring part of the episode. I assume it's setting up for next episode. Love how excited Mr. Weatherby is to see Josie, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it's very cute. Also, I love his uh, fucking hustler mindset. The grind never stops. Uh, the second he's got... Uh, a chance he barters for her to teach a music class for them. He's like, okay, which is hilarious. He, he he puts it as a favor, okay. He puts it as a favor at first. Oh but, no, he 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 barters. Well, it. no, he bartered, but no, but he's just like, oh, hey, maybe you could just do free labor for us, basically. Yeah, yeah, because because she want she came here to see him because she wants to use the music room as a recording studio because I guess there are no recording studios in Riverdale. Uh, which I guess makes sense. Um, and so he says, oh, absolutely. But in exchange, could you maybe teach a music class or two for our students? Um, it'd be so inspirational. Um, and she agrees, which would be wild. Imagine you go to a shitty school in your shitty small town and then fucking Beyonce shows up and is like, I'm teaching music for a week. <laughs> Crazy. Right, so here's where we meet the investor. Her name, she's got, they say it like we're supposed to recognize her. And I don't know why. Alexandra Cabot, um, she's just some person, um, but she wants her money back from the investment with Chad, um, but instead Veronica is going to convince her to invest in Pops instead, and that's a good plan or something, I don't know. Um, later on, I don't know, the next day, later on in the day, but Archie hears some music in the hallway and he goes to investigate, but he recognizes that voice. Um, this is also a pretty fucking weird scene. Um, there's a bunch of people outside in the hallway, which of course makes sense. Although, is she teaching just, like, during passing period? I don't understand that. She's also somehow found, like, a glee club. 
somewhere and gotten them to do a fun Glee style acapella song where they're all singing and dancing like they're on Glee, the TV show. Um, like a choreographed dance. It was weird. I don't understand. <laughs> Great pants on Josie. Some nice, like, tur uh, deep turquoise leather pants, high waisted. Um, Archie, after class, invites her to the White Worm for drinks to catch up with everyone. She's dropping hints she doesn't want to go. Um, but Archie bats his puppy dog eyes at her and she agrees. Well, he pretty much, like, well, the thing is. Uh, are you there, Art? You cut out. Yes, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, she calls Melody and Valerie, and Melody's freaked out about it, but Valerie answers the phone. Sorry, I do wanna... So we do one of those things where we jump in, uh, mid-conversation, and, uh, Archie's explaining, No, we even made this, uh, sexy fireman's calendar to raise money for the fire station, but anyway, enough about me, which, one, is such an artificial, like... That was such an artificial delivery to, um, I, I'm just trying to envision the situation where Archie begins with recapping his life to everybody, um, and by his life, I mean the past, like, month where he's been running a fire station and, like, not starting with Josie. Um, but everyone's like, oh, it's so great that you're here. Now you can help us save Riverdale. A celebrity face is just what we need. Here, we can do a benefit concert. We can do this. We can do that. It'll be just like old times. Um, and Josie's like, uh, Bestie, not to offend you, but we aren't, we've never been really friends, and it's been seven years, so we definitely aren't friends now. Uh, meanwhile, you, Jughead, the last time I saw you, you were robbing Pops at gunpoint. Uh, <laughs> Betty, I don't, have we ever talked before? And Cheryl, don't you start, because you once sent me a pig's heart. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Although she has nothing to say about Archie. She's like, Archie, you're perfect. Take off your shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, we pause yep. real quick. Oh, or it's going to start working now. Okay, cool. Cool. It worked. Okay, you'll have to do a little bit of editing, but it wasn't like that much, honestly. Okay. Yeah, basically she just reads them for filth, and I am a pro that, honestly. You know, they needed that. They need to realize yeah. maybe their actions affect other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and hey, Sweet Pea's back. You remember Sweet Pea? He was here for the first episode of this time skip, and then hasn't been back since. Oh, he uh, I guess he's been doing his trucker Wait, job. Has he not been for the entire time? <laughs> no. They've had Fangs back a whole bunch, but Sweet Pea... Came here to say, fuck you, Jughead. Um, and then he hasn't been back in a single episode since then. But uh, he picks uh, Josie up on his bike, and then they fuck aggressively in her hotel room. Which which is nice. Hopefully, hopefully she does it loud yeah. enough that Hiram is just like, oh, that damn kid <laughs> having aggressive sex with a biker or yeah, trucker. And then the doorman has to bring in his hot, chalky milk to calm him down so he can go back to bed. Be like, oh, I'm no one's little bitch. Unlike Hiram, she says really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it is Josie's turn to get called out for her past actions. Um, love that they specify that Valerie's a non-violent activist. Um, but they're catching up, and then Josie says, the reason I've called you to uh, beyond just reconnecting is that uh, I want to write an album about Riverdale and my time here and you guys were such a integral part of my time uh, growing up here that I want you guys to uh, you know do a track with me and they don't say yes or no but uh, they do point out that she fucking abandoned them in high school Wait. Um, and at first she's like oh you, yeah you know when I left with my dad and they're like uh, oh sorry I forgot there's a whole middle bit with music. Yeah, there's a whole part. They do a whole choreographed thing, like, for, like, three or four minutes. Yeah. God. So, and also the way they lean to it. Uh, Josie says, you know, maybe we can do a song together, but I don't even know if you guys still perform. And then Valerie and uh, Melody share that look. You know, that really cheesy, like, oh, do we still perform? Uh, sort of anti-stinker uh, look to each other. And then we jump cut to them performing on stage. Um... 
they actually don't perform together. I don't think they each just do a song um, with backup dancers, but it's like a pretty tight uh, show, especially for how small the stage is. Uh, they really utilize the space. I, I thought it was a pretty good performance. Yeah, I would say that out of... Uh, actually, I think they utilize it almost the best out of the, a lot of the, the ones that we saw. Yeah, because a lot of the other singers are, is just like Veronica or whatever, and they're standing in the middle of the stage, and they're just singing a ballad. Uh, these girls are dancing. They've got, you know, they're moving across the stage, filling the space. I think it's nice. Also, so glad that uh, Melody's uh, actress gets to do a solo. Uh, and, like, actually be on the show. Also, also another thing, I know we keep on pointing this out, but, like, they can actually be, like, actually sexy. So, oh, like, yeah. they can have more provocative. Oh, yeah. uh, Valerie's songs, like, super, yeah. Yeah, they have. Valerie does, like, a sexy R&B song. Yeah. It's it's like uh you know it's 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 sexy and you have the backup dancers you know you get a lot of like like you know actual like kind of sexy gyrations yeah. and stuff like that it's just uh you know they can they can use the adult actors like they yeah. <laughs> should have been able to the entire and of course time. of course all of Melody's backup dancers are women because Melody's the lesbian um and then Valerie brings out. Um, a guy and they do like a sexy uh, dance together about you know the sexy song. Is this a uh, is this hot Asian representation or am I thinking of another character? Her her her. Uh, I, oh, her boyfriend's a white guy, but this uh, uh, this guy's Asian. Oh, okay. Guy. He's I guess the Mike. He's early Glee Mike Chang for us. Yeah. Because he doesn't say a lot uh, or anything, but he he's the dancing guy. Yeah, he's uh, you know they 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 have one hot guy on there. Also, do, I don't even think we have a Dilf this episode. No, oh, I do see that he's uh, repping the Bloods. I guess <laughs> during this dance, um, that's fully a red bandana in his back pocket, right? That's like. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, it, it's You're, like that one. It's like that one um, one reality show where someone's just like, "I'm gonna just make a whole outfit out of red bandanas in L.A." Yes, so that's the hype. It's on HBO Max. Season two is actually airing right now. Um, but yeah, they're let, just to briefly recount my favorite story of any reality television show. <laughs> they were uh, assigned to do like a streetwear jacket tied to the idea that they would be showing in downtown LA. So everyone's doing this thing. And this woman from like Oklahoma or something um, says, Oh, I'm going to do a bandana jacket. Cause that's something like I'm kind of known for working with bandana prints. Um, and furthermore, I think I'm going to do a red bandana jacket in downtown LA. And literally every single contestant, the host and all three judges at some point during this episode swing by her table and are like, Hey, bestie, are you sure you want to do a red bandana in downtown LA? Do you think that's maybe the wisest course of action? Are you sure you don't want to reconsider? And every time she's like, Oh, no, I got this. Don't even worry about it. It's going to turn out great. It did not turn out great. <laughs> oh. She also painted part of, parts of the bandana blue, which was even more of a... <laughs> Um, um, so she goes to the judging and they're like, all the judges are like, so like we told you that was super inappropriate. And she was like, oh no. Cause you know, the bandana originates from the pattern originates from Turkey and red can mean all sorts of different symbolic things. And fucking offset from the Migos is like, yeah, it sounds like maybe you just sort of Googled a bunch of facts right before meeting with us. Is that what you did? <laughs> And she was like, uh... <laughs> Suffice it to say, uh, she did not move on to the next round. Oh, God. <laughs> it, it's almost... So it, she funny. might as well have just had, like, a jacket with the N-word, or, like, on the back of it. Right. Or or being like, hey, uh, shoot me, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, you just don't do it. Um, and this guy is not that far away from New York City that... He should feel comfortable. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he is part of the fucking Bloods. I don't know his life. I mean, you know, his deep world it's building. possible. It's possible. I mean, listen, there. We don't know where Melody and Valerie live anymore. It's probably not Riverdale, but it's close enough. They probably are in the city, right? 
Because they're close enough that they can meet Josie in Riverdale, but they aren't living in Riverdale. So it's probably, they probably are in New York City. Um, and so these dancers are probably from New York City as well. They probably brought them to do this show, which means it could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's a, like, robust roster of dancers you can hire in Riverdale. So I, I have to assume they imported them from New York. Probably. But then they revisit the topic, and yeah, she's like, oh yeah, you know, when I left with my dad and I didn't say goodbye, that was wrong of me. And Malia's like, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how, like, in season two, you became a recurring act, uh, recurring cast member, and we didn't. And so you went on to hang out with all those white kids and left us to die. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then, um, as you point out, Art, because the writers don't really know how to do any sort of or keep on any sort of tension they are these characters are just extremely emotionally honest and intelligent so Josie just says I'm sorry that was wrong of me I didn't mean for you to feel that way I hope you understand how much I value you two both as friends and musicians like the amount of times this show is accidentally emotionally mature because they don't know how to do drama in any way yeah <laughs> um then we jump to a boring pitch meeting with uh, Alexandra, Veronica, and Tabitha. Um, and at first, it seems great. Alexandra's super into the idea of franchising Pops. Um, however, she's got some suggestions. Uh-oh. Uh, does Alexandra, the actress who plays Alexandra, is she in anything mm. else? Because she looks super familiar to me. I have no idea. Um, she doesn't look familiar to me, so I really couldn't say. Like maybe she played like a minor role in a, a show I watched recently, or something like that. But she looks familiar. I dollars to donuts. I bet she was probably so, somewhere on Supernatural. Actually, you know what? Probably. Uh. Yeah. Um. Again, all the C all the CW shows I think are filmed in like Vancouver. Um, and so a lot of the same people, a lot of the same working actors show up for different projects. As we've discovered, almost everybody on Riverdale uh, that aren't the main cast have spent some time doing an episode or two on Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, and then we jump to another musical number. I don't remember what triggered it, but hey, uh, Tony's back. Yeah, Tony's, uh, um, and she, it, she's so pregnant in this one, right? She's still pregnant in the show. I am 99% sure that the actress is no longer pregnant because Tony stopped showing up for like five episodes. Well, the thing is, is like she keeps on being like covered up in all her dancing. It doesn't seem like she has as much active dancing either. Right. I'm saying, I'm saying the actress actress. was. No, no. Actually, I was talking about on screen right now because like I couldn't get like a good enough shot of her. Oh, no. She's pregnant. She's supposed to be pregnant. Okay. Yeah, they have the baby later this episode, Art. Oh, yeah! I forgot about that because of all the other things that happened in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I uh, think this is, like, the only so shot you get, but, like, she's super covered up most of the... Most of the, uh... She literally just rubbed her belly there, Art. I know, but this is, like, the only time! <laughs> Maybe I wasn't paying that much attention because I don't like musicals. Yeah. Actually, this is more of a jukebox musical. Uh, yeah. Um, we've like jumped time frames because it was like an empty shop uh, where they were discussing business, and now it's a full shop. And like, uh, Kevin's here, and he's super into this. <laughs> also, I thought Tony was a little bit behind on the choreo, but I do think that this is her first time back, and they gave her a dance number, and that wasn't very no, nice no, honestly, them. not very nice to like give someone that pregnant. <laughs> some uh dance stuff again i don't think she's the actress is pregnant anymore because that's why she was gone for like 10 episodes i think she's back from maternity leave but they decided to keep the character still pregnant so they could have but, the baby during but this the thing episode. is they still gave her pregnant but something to make her look pregnant which is sure uh, yeah you but, know it's gonna not eh, be the greatest yeah yeah, I guess on top of uh, just coming back from maternity leave and having to learn choreo and a song, uh, then getting slapped with a big fake belly. Not the best. Yeah. Oh, but uh, don't worry, she gets to do the Old Navy sponsorship for this episode. Yeah, this one is pretty uh, pretty obvious, which I'm glad, honestly. I love it when they have super obvious... Uh, yeah. Because normally, it feels like nowadays they do a little bit better with like brand placement and stuff in shows. 
I oh and and shows in general. It shows yes. in general in Riverdale. No. In Riverdale, no. Yes, like they have no yeah. chill in this show. So no. Um. Yeah. I also uh, initially thought this was going to be uh, Tony's only thing, and I was like, did they really bring her back to do a dance number and chill Old Navy? And nothing else. But no, she's here for the rest of the episode. But there's a time jump. They were singing and dancing in the daytime, but now it's nighttime, and they're all like, "Ah, that was so much fun singing and dancing." Hey, uh, Tony, what's in that Old Navy bag very conspicuously placed on the counter? And she's like, I'm glad you asked. It's only the most adorable and affordable baby jeans from Old Navy you could ever get. Check out this great merchandise. Old Navy has all my needs. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then she leaves. She takes her Old Navy bag and goes home. Uh... So here's a bit of a some continuity. I, I mean, I guess maybe they could have gotten divorced, but I guess Mary McCoy and uh, Kevin Kevin's dad, uh, Sheriff Keller, aren't together anymore because Josie comes back to her hotel room and her mother's waiting for her there. And uh, first of all, she wasn't expecting that, and I guess didn't tell her mom that she was in Riverdale or that she had vanished from her tour. Um, but they also say her mom, like, traveled to get to Riverdale. What are you doing in Riverdale? So she doesn't live there anymore with Sheriff Keller. Uh, and then we got her sad backstory motivation for this episode. I think, right? Right here? Um, also, a little crazy that they just let her into Josie's hotel room when Josie's, like, super famous. You didn't know that that was her mom, for sure. <laughs> Could have been a crazed fan. Could have been. Yeah, ready to kidnap her um, for stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, we learned that right before she was about to go do a stadium show in Berlin, she got a phone call from her mom uh, saying that uh, her dad had passed away suddenly from like a heart attack. And then Josie uh, couldn't de- deal with that and the tour. So she bailed on the tour. I also don't remember if they mentioned it earlier, but uh, apparently Josie's dad was actually not, like, a big-time jazz musician. He was the side accompaniment jazz musician for, like, bigger jazz acts, Um, which I feel like was a bit of a retcon from how they treated him previously, but fine. Yeah, a little bit of a retcon. Also, the way it was delivered was Melody was talking about, like, I think Josie abandoning them, and she's like... You always you always had to be the star, and, you know, with how your dad has always been the side guy, you'd think you'd be more empathetic. Which, I mean, which I guess, if, if you're re- retconning that fact, you do have to kind of, like, insert it now, and so Riverdale writing did the best they could. Yeah. Also, sorry, what a little bitch-ass last, re- last request from her dad. Uh, he wants his ashes spread at all the little stops around America that he toured and loved. Okay. You know how much fucking effort that okay. is? Okay, that... Okay, I'm not trying... This is not a one-to-one comparison. But it feels mm-hmm. almost like he uh, like he was getting married and asked, and asked all of his guests to buy plane tickets to, like, Bermuda or something like that. <laughs> it's almost on the level wedding, of yeah. that, except he died. Yeah. Also, they they said it was like a sudden thing, but I guess he held on long enough to make a last request. I don't know. He's a dick. His last his last request should have been like, "I want to waste all of your money." I mean, it's pretty close. I mean, she can afford this, but like, yeah, just take like a month long break minimum and travel across America for me. Like just inconsiderate. Like, just pick a spot, my guy. Just get your uh, ashes dumped in the ocean like a normal person. Um, also, Valerie's been working on this big painting, and I they've called her, like, an artist-activist, so I guess she just does art, capital A, in general, because she paints, and I guess she acts, otherwise they wouldn't want her for the lead. Um, she is a barista, that's how she makes money, but I guess she does all sorts of art stuff, and this is supposed to, like, show that. Okay. Anyway, sorry, Melody can... Sorry oh, to, uh, sorry to do that. I wish she did, yeah. I wish she did art, capital A, aka me, because she's hot. But, sorry. Ah. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, yes, I guess... Um... I don't know. I, I feel like you could have made her, like, yeah. an artist that was, like, semi, uh, semi... 
successful. It's it, Valerie is the one that most out of the three they were like, we don't really know what to do with this one this time. And so she's just sort of there. Um, but Melody confesses to Valerie that Tyler Perry wants someone else. Um, but then she says, but, uh, we're besties. And so I told him it's either you or we aren't doing this movie. Um, and so I will wait till I can do the movie right. And by right, I mean with you as the lead, which is fine. Nice. And then they get a call from Josie's mom. Okay. Do you want to hear my, do you want to hear my, uh, take on that? Sure. Uh, take the fucking deal, Melody. You could do another movie with the money you get with Valerie as a lead later. I mean, not necessarily. Uh, I guess it would it would depend on a lot of factors, but generally you're still looking at like a 10 year gap before anyone's looking to do a remake, especially for like a one off YA story of some sort. I don't know. I just I just feel like you could you could do like you could do a thing where like if it's Tyler Perry movie as well you're going to have a mm-hmm. built-in audience that is probably going to watch it in the in first place. Uh right. so you're probably going to get like a decent amount off of it depending on what her deal is. Um and then you could just like fund an indie movie where you could have your best friend in it. Like but it wouldn't it wouldn't be that story because Tyler Perry would own the rights to that story. I guess. I don't know. I feel like you could just write another <laughs> write something else. And there's there's also, you know, something to be said about um your art and how it gets interpreted by a big studio. I mean Yeah, if you just are looking for a check, sure, give Tyler Perry the movie. Who cares? But like presumably this is something that's like important to you that you worked hard on and that you'd like to see adapted in a thoughtful uh, way that meets your own visions for what it could be. Mm. Uh, And if that includes specific casting, that includes specific casting. I mean, Neil Gaiman famously uh, staved off Sandman adaptations for 20 years until he could do it with Netflix. He felt that was the first time anyone took him seriously on what he wanted Sandman Uh, to look like. Okay, I understand that a little bit, but I don't know. I just feel like Get your bag now, so because you're not guaranteed anything yeah. in the future. But right. eh, whatever. I, I maybe her girlfriend or Valerie's boyfriend makes a bunch of fucking money though, because their apartment's real fucking. It nice. is really nice. I would love to live in that apartment, even with roommates. Yeah. That that is not debut YA novel and uh, book advance money. That is someone's making some dough for them, and it's not Valerie. She's a barista. Um, so it's gotta be either Melody's girlfriend or Valerie's boyfriend is, is just making serious bank. Maybe both of them are. Yeah. Anyway, back at this dumb business meeting with Tabitha, um, Alexandra wants to change the Pops milkshake recipe to save money. And Tabitha says no, because it's been the same since it was opened. And I, I don't care. No one cares. Um, so Tabitha pulls out the deal. Veronica's like, shit, because now I have to give her her money. <sighs> um, Valerie and Melody find Josie in the music room and are like, so sorry, bestie, we didn't know about your dad. We wouldn't have called you out like that if we had known your dad had just died. <laughs> um, and then Josie gives some half-assed explanation relating to her dad about why she needs to be the main character. Um, I feel like we didn't need this because she already, like, pretty adequately apologized earlier on. But it's fine. Whatever. Her dad's dead. Yeah. Um, and then they agree to record a song with her, but then, um, she's thinking about, you know, how you should look out for each other and extend empathy, um, and give each other second chances or whatever, and so that's inspired her to give the Riverdale gang a second chance by helping them by throwing on this benefit concert with her two best friends, Melody and Valerie. Yep. The Riverdale RROTC shirt still looks like it says Riverdale Erotic to me. Well, Riverdale Riverdale Erotic is uh, what you get whenever you search up. Um, that that was uh that was his stage name. Yeah. It's also what you get whenever you look up Riverdale on a- AO3. Hmm. 
I'm obsessed with there not being. I mean, I guess they don't have to pay for this venue, and that's why. Sorry. Um, Doctor Colonel oh Junior. Oh my god! Here. Um, and it's not this, because someone. This. Scene. It's not because someone's dead. It's because he's a huge pussy fan. Okay, here's the thing. First off, he has the Junior yeah. back. He had one episode where he was Doctor Colonel. <laughs> I guess he fucked up. Now he's back. Yeah, to he got Jr. demoted. But he got demoted. He's just a really big Josie, really big pussy fan. <laughs> here, yeah. He's wearing a Josie shirt. He's wearing a with a, a sports trilby jacket on top and a sports with jacket. a trilby. Yep. It's I love this also because he looks like he's there to fucking kidnap her. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, Principal Weatherby's nearby dressed very similarly. They're like sharing a table with drinks. Are they on a date? Uh, that would okay. Okay. Should I say that would be cute or am I am I is that I don't know if cute's the word I'd attribute to this, but fine. I don't, I don't know this if cute's the right word, but like I'm looking for a word that's yeah. adjacent to that. <laughs> sure. Like it's something. Like what what is cute but like not cute in a way that you're like like oh but more like a oh. Right. Like like a really fucked up looking pug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're just like, <laughs> wow, that dog's fucked up. But also like, you know, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they do a song together. And it's fine, I I guess. You'd think it'd be more crowded in here though, also. It seems to be just kind of like uh I don't know, I guess there's some students and stuff, but like However many people left in Riverdale, like, you hear that, like, a pop star is in town doing a one-night benefit show? Like, why Why would you not be there? Yeah, why not? Right? Like... The, the, cover, for, the cover for the White Worm can't be that much either. Right. Like, I'm sorry, that should be standing room only. There are people sitting, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, sorry, something I did want to mention during this, uh during this performance they do is so melody is their drummer and she's on the drums and then at one point they all get up to sing um and you can very clearly still hear the drum track going (laughs) which made me chuckle but i understand this is like an elevated reality musical moment (laughs) then uh josie takes a brief minute to flex on them and all the cool places she's performed in but says there's no better spot to play music than right here I uh I disagree. There's probably a lot of better places. Yeah. She's listed a bunch of them, like the Sydney Opera House. Hey, I'm not saying like you have to love those big venues, but like there there's probably there's probably places with like, you know, better equipment, better I mean, stages. Like, generally the reason generally the reason an artist cites like a venue as being really good is the audience's energy, right? Yeah. So it's either a place uh, that's like historic, where the people who go there really, really love music, like the Apollo, or it's a huge stadium, like Madison Square Garden. Those are like the two, I think, more common uh, venues that are cited for uh, musicians as like really memorable. But I, I mean, I guess this could be like well, that, you know, you know well, hometown hero. I mean, okay, like I'll, I'll say it, like local, like some bands that were like were local. At least I, I live in Louisville. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have mm-hmm. some bands that got big and left and everything, mm-hmm. but, like, they like coming back because they like having the crowd here yeah. and everything, so I can understand yeah. it. And, and like, her larger point being that, like, Riverdale nourishes artists, and so that, like, she really felt she had gotten the support she needed to become a star uh, by being here in Riverdale and coming up like that. Mm. And then she ends with a solo where she sings a Nina Simone track, because that's what uh, her dad wanted to have hear her sing that he never got a chance to this man just got as requests on requests you're dead guy let it go (laughs) um but she sings it she does a pretty good job i guess uh the stage feels a lot bigger in these shots um and i like that detail i don't know if that's just the lighting or if they actually built a bigger stage um but yeah i mean i don't mind this but she keeps on singing and then uh tony has a baby Actually, they have to stop the song because Tony's having a baby. It turns out Josie and the Pussycats can sing so well they can induce labor. Yep. So, that's fun. 
Sorry, I forgot that there were so many details at this moment, too, that were like, wow, what's going on? So, she's having her baby. Someone's like, is there a doctor in the house? Dr. Colonel Jr. raises her hand, his hand. I'm a doctor. Um, but Fang says, never mind. We prepared for a home birth. I know what to do. I just need an extra set of hands. And for some fucking reason, Kevin isn't that extra set of hands. Yeah. Cheryl does it. Like, fucking why? Uh, like, I, I get that I get that Fangs and Kevin aren't together anymore, and they're no longer, this baby isn't, you know, going to be raised by both of them or whatever, whatever, whatever. He's practiced doing this with you. Like, he's the one who most well knows the actions of this home birth, because you guys have rehearsed it together. Also, he is still the father of that child, I think. Uh, I don't know exactly how they inseminated uh, Tony, but presumably this is still their child together. So he should be there. He should help. I would say that, I don't know, maybe Kevin just didn't want to. (laughs) Kevin was just like, no. Dick move, Kev. (laughs) Dick fucking move. Um, And then Alexander comes back and is like, well, I've changed my mind again. We can do business and the milkshakes can stay the same. Everything worked out. Here's a really thin, implausible reason why. Uh, which is fine, because I didn't care either way. <laughs> I do like this line for Melody. Uh, typical Riverdale, the pussycat's always getting upstaged by something. It's usually there was a dead body to be discovered. Uh, and here we set up for that spinoff series, uh, Had It Been Picked Up, which is Josie offering uh, to take them on tour with her. And they're like, let's do it. Because, again, Melody doesn't work. She's a writer, and Valerie is a barista, so that's not a job she needs to stay at. <laughs> It seems so. She says, Valerie's like, I have to talk to Alan about it, but there's a lot of things I need to talk to Alan about, including not wanting to get married. And then Melody acts in surprise about this information. But aren't they supposed to be best friends? Like, I know that if I were struggling with if I wanted to get married, I'd go talk to my best friend about that. Yeah. You know? Also, uh, I just want to say, the actress who Mm -hmm. plays uh, Val, oh my god, she's so attractive. Mm -hmm. She's very pretty. Oh my god. Like, you, you paused it on, like, where she, like, she was just smiling, and she had the little cat ears on, and she just looked happy. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my god. I'd be so happy. <laughs> just looking at the- <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Cheryl comes out and says, it's a boy. Hooray. Once again, baffled why Kevin was not. But it's the next day, um, and they've got a tour bus from somewhere. They have procured a tour bus. Um, sorry, this is where I need to circle back to the part where she was on a, uh, a worldwide tour in the middle of, and then ditched right before a stadium show was supposed to happen, and now she's going on a second, different tour across America with her friends. That Um, can't be something you can do, like, there's contracts and stuff. Yeah, there are contracts. I am assuming um, that unless unless <laughs> I'm assuming that the spinoff show is about her getting sued by her label for bre- uh, breaching contract okay, okay. and becoming penniless. Okay, so the only thing I can think of is mm-hmm. they are th- like Josie is a massive asshole and cancels all mm-hmm. the uh, cancels all of the openers, so she could just do. Well, no, they specifically say that this isn't the same tour because she's going to all the little uh, spots her dad performed at to spread his ashes, and that's going to be their tour. Hmm. So, like, if you were in Japan and you had tickets to see the Josie show, sorry. Um, not to mention, the, again, the eight, what did she say, 80,000 people in Berlin who were in the stadium ready for her to come out and then had to get their tickets refunded. Um, she is getting cooked a lot. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Um, yeah, let, let's keep on using the Beyonce analogy. Um, maybe she is really that big. Should you imagine Beyonce is about to play a sold-out show in Berlin, ditches it, uh, a week later, you hear that she's doing a tiny show in, like, Arkansas? Like, you're getting cooked alive on Twitter for that. Like, okay. what? What are you saying? So, you know there's a real-life analog to this, right? Is there? Yeah, Kanye. 
He he had Kanye do no this? Kanye. Okay, so I, I was pissed because I was going to see him live. He literally did this the 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 night before he was going to play in Louisville. <laughs> but um, it was the one where he like he was doing that like uh, he was on like a floating platform in the middle of the thing. Oh yeah, he like went on a big like twenty minute. Yeah, rant, right? yeah, he went on a big twenty minute rant, left it, and then f- just did not do the rest of his tour. And then that's kind of when he started doing the whole thing he's doing now. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, y- yeah. Has has he toured since then? Yeah, he's toured, but he's also mm. doing. Uh, he's. <laughs> oh my god! I I only pay attention to Kanye stuff like a little bit, but uh, sure. he basically has what feels like a cult uh, now. Which is a lot yeah, of people I have mean, what feels like a cult. A lot of celebrities yeah. do, but he has a church thing that people. Oh, that's right. Um, but he also has the Donda Institute things, which is supposed to be like a homeschooling thing that's like religious, but uh-huh. also like not a thing. It there's a lot going on with them. Also, there's a whole murder plot thing sure. that's going to happen right here. Oh yeah, uh, incredibly, they were like. This isn't enough. Uh, there also needs to be a mystery. So, uh, right before she gets on the bus, um, oh, also, uh, Sweet Bee's gonna come with them and be, um, Josie's whatever she needs him to be, boy toy. Um, and Alan's also coming. So, you know, look forward to that plot line in the show that was never made. So I guess Nancy, uh, Melody's girlfriend, must be the one who is making all the money to support them all. Because apparently Alan can also leave his job uh, whenever to go on tour. <laughs> but yeah, I guess this is the last we'll see of Sweet Pea then. Bye. Yep. Sorry, your backdoor pilot didn't work. Um, And then right before they get on, uh, a mysterious man comes out and says his name's Toot Sweet. And he was a musician who toured with her father. And he thinks that uh her dad was murdered dun 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 god the casting call for this character must have literally just said mysterious stranger <laughs> this man like he comes out his face is all in shadow because of his cap and he's fucking talking out the side of his mouth he looks like Thanks, a like Riverdale. and then he just leaves. Yeah, like he he looks like he's the the person who comes out uh, like before like all of the teens get killed in a uh like a night in the middle of the woods right, being to like warn them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys th- th- there's something wrong in them woods. Ha- have you heard the legend of Lake Murderwood? Oh, why it was here 20 years ago when a bunch of teens just like you got murdered. Anyway, okay, bye. That's literally him. Yeah, he literally left after dropping that little nugget. He's not in the scene anymore. That's incredible. Um, and so they drive away in their bus to a crowd of like 15 people. And then instead of closing with the Riverdale logo again, we close with a Pussycats logo. Um, heralding a spinoff that is never going to come to pass. That's the episode. Yeah. This was... <laughs> Like, this episode was, like, three quarters not my bag. Yeah. Uh, but the... I had fun with it. The little bit that we had, though, that, that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you have to recommend? Um, let me think. Um, I got... I'm, I've been getting really into Babylon 5. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it's pretty good. It's from the 90s. Has, uh, was I there unnecessary you... homophobia and transphobia pop up yet? Uh, not yet, but I'm only like six episodes in, so there's time. Oh, uh, well, you're not watching um, Friends, so it's not just a constant barrage of transphobia. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, that's fine. Um, if, yeah, if, if anyone's not aware of what Babylon 5 is, uh, it is, I guess the, the interesting thing about Babylon 5 is it is an entirely original uh, concept. It's not based off a book or, you know, a reboot of a show or a spin-off of a show or anything like that. It is its own thing um, from the ground up. Uh, and it's a sci-fi show. takes place in the future. Um, ten years after a war humanity had with an alien race called the Minbari. 
Now they're all trying to get along. They've built a giant space station called Babylon 5. One through four got blown up. Um, and so Babylon 5 is their last shot at trying to make peace happen. And so it's about the going-ons and political intrigue between um, all the different alien races that use Babylon 5 as a neutral meeting ground. Okay. Um, and it's got big Mass Effect energy somehow. Uh, I can't quite describe it, but it feels like the Citadel on Mass Effect. Okay, so That's real quick say. question, because I get, I think I get yeah. Babylon Five and Farscape, uh, uh, like confused. Does that one have the the mm -hmm. the title or the theme song in the year twenty five, twenty five, or something, or is that Farscape? So the intro to Babylon Five has a narrator that says like in the year twenty five forty five. Uh, as he explains the kind of premise of the show, and then they do a musical bit. Mm, um, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad you have a show that you've been interested because in, I I hear that's really good. Um, I've mm -hmm. I haven't watched it. Uh, maybe I'll watch it at some point. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, for me, uh, this is a tentative recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, so a show just got put on to Netflix called The Imperfects. Uh, I've watched mm. three episodes of it so far. It feels like Misfits, the British, uh, superhero show, where mm. it was, uh, where, you know, it's not really a superhero show. It's just like a bunch of teens. Well, I guess these are college students, but it's basically a bunch of young people with, uh, powers, um, that aren't all useful, really. One of them's are useful, but, you know, the other two. Uh, I'm getting a decent vibes off of it so far. Eh? Um, the mm. other thing that I can recommend, though, with, uh, 100% certainty, is, uh, Red Fraction Gorilla. It's a game where the whole point of it is you do direct action against... A corporation that's trying to take over Mars after it's been terraformed from the workers. It, yet you, you steal their shit and you break it, which, uh, by the way, is like the only way to get capitalists to uh, stop doing your uh, stuff to you. You break their shit because that's that's just how they. But whatever, it's fun. It's real fun. Uh, put it on like super easy mode and you're just running around with a sledgehammer knocking buildings down in like three swings it's fun so. mm. yeah all right um why don't you send us off then Art? yeah so uh this has been into riverdale and uh um ain't i a little stinker i just i just uh i just fibbed on you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fine. Fine. Starting to feel just a little abuse like a coffee machine in an office. Uh, so I'm gonna go somewhere close to get me a lover and tell you about it. Uh, she wolf, wolf Wall Street. She wolf, wolf Wall Street. Wall Street.